The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day, and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. Thank you for being with us with Jamie Linton, Jeff McGuire. I'm Chuck Hines. Uh, We get this uh, from our man in Dallas, Dan in Dallas. JL, I hope to see you in Norman this weekend. Haven't inspected the pins this year. Are you okay? Uh, are all you, right. Well, I look forward to seeing you, Dan. Are you up for up for inspection? My my pens are. I think they're ready for inspection, Dan. Okay. Yeah. Okay, they're they still got some ink left in them, right? I hope so. Yeah. 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 I hope, hope so too. Hey, how about the Tampa Bay Rays? They won their twelfth straight yesterday. Uh, they get a three run Jimmy Jack. Uh, to beat the Red Sox last night, nine to seven, uh, the 1987 Brewers and the 1982 Braves both opened 13 and 0. The Tampa Bay win streak matches the team record set in June of 2004. Um, they're one short of the best major league start since uh, 1900. Wow. Okay. <laughs> How about that? Would you? If I asked you Rays or the field right now, who would you take? Man, I I am I am almost about ready to give you the field, uh, just because these teams that start off like this. I haven't looked at the standings to see, you know, how much damage that they have have done. I I would almost tell you the I would take the Rays to win to win the division. There is not a record they could have this early in the season. Let's say they played every day, so they'd be like 30 games in theory, right? We're about a month in the season. Mm-hmm. Um, they could be 30-0, and 0 and I would still take the field at this point. Now, obviously, they're not going to stay undefeated until Memorial Day or Labor Day. Mm-hmm. But at this point in the season, everybody's still got a shot. Injuries are going to happen. Players are going to get hot later. Players are going to cool off. They're hot for them now. It they play 162 of these. I would take the field, and without a hesitation, I would take the field. There's, like Jeff said, there's so many things yeah. that can go on at this point. It's about who's playing the best in September and October, not about right now. I think it's extremely impressive. I think they're a team that you absolutely should consider as as a front runner or a favorite, whatever you want to say. I think all all the above. I just think. Man, I would not at this point. I would not do that. And and again, just go back to last year. I mean, the Yankees set the the record for the best first half in mm-hmm. the history of ever, and came nowhere close to winning the World Series. All right. So to support y'all's point, the nineteen eighty seven Brewers started the year thirteen and zero. Tom Treblehorn was their was their manager. They would finish in third place in the American League East, ninety one and seventy one. At one point in time, they had a 12-game losing streak in May. Okay, uh, I wouldn't bet that the Rays will have a 12-game losing streak or that anybody in baseball will have a 12-game losing okay. streak. The, uh, the, the big highlight for the Brewers, uh, and aside from that, um, was Paul Molitor, who could hit getting out of bed, had a 39-game hitting streak in that season. And Juan Nieves had the first no-hitter in Brewers history in a 7 to nothing win on April the 15th which we won't get that in this day in sports history because um, that's on uh, Saturday, April 15th is. 
All right. So how about the 1982 Atlanta Braves? I don't think so. The night they that they started off, they went 89 and 73. Um, they won the West for the first time since 1969. They had been awful, and that was a, a Dale Murphy team. Um, but then they were swept in three games by the uh, St. Louis Cardinals, who I believe would go on to win uh, the World Series that year. Um, and that they would do that in the NLCS. And, and in 1982, there was just the ALCS and NLCS. There wasn't any wild card or play, you know, divisional games. It was just the American League Championship Series and National League Championship Series. So, right. so they won the they won the West. Uh, but they, after going 13 and 0, they went. After that, <clears throat> they went basically 76 and 73. They were a 500 baseball team. After that, after that start, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you guys are, you guys are probably most likely ninety nine percent light right, like you are most of the time. Now, would it shock <laughs> either one of us mm-hmm. to say that the Tampa Bay Rays are going to win the AL East? No, I mean, I, def- I definitely feel yeah. like you should uh, consider them a, a favorite right now yeah. for making the World Series or winning the World Series and mm-hmm. and and winning the East and all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah, but man, this. We we talk about it with tech baseball. I mean, sometimes in baseball, man, you have these times where you feel like we will never win another game, and then other times <laughs> right. like we cannot do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. We we can strike everybody out. We can hit every pitch out of the ballpark. We are unbeatable. You know, mm-hmm. you just go through stretches where it's it's good and it's bad, and it feels like it's never going to turn the opposite direction. Sure, and it does. And it's like that. It's like that in life sometimes too. You know, where it's like at your workplace, well, I can't miss right now, or man, can't sell sight to a blind man, or something like that. I think these are Chuck Hines' emotions here. I don't know that I've ever had the. Uh, uh, not, I can't are, miss right now. The, feeling. The, these these are Chuck Hines' emotions. That's yeah. that's that's, exa- yeah. that's exactly that's exactly right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, I, we all. While they are way out, I don't even know how far out they are, but as far out as Tampa Bay is, you've had huge seasons from other teams in the past mm-hmm. that have had huge leads that gave them up the last sure. week of the season. The Yankees have done it. Seattle has come back on the Angels. There's the Miracle Mets that had the Cubs collapse in front of them and how they were able to yeah. pull that off. Mm-hmm. Like Some really fun stories in baseball happen because one team starts out really hot and then cools off at the end of the year. Right. Uh, so just just so you know, the, in the standings, Toronto and New York are both four games back at eight and four. So, and uh, insurmountable lead there, Jamie. I don't know how you'll ever make up for that. <laughs> You're going to take having to win a whole weekend series at some point and sweep somebody. <clears throat> no. Whatever will you do? Uh, again, again, you guys make you know, guys make great points, and history backs up your points too mm-hmm. with regard to the '87 Brewers and the. Uh, 82 Atlanta Braves, although the Braves did did win their division, although they won their division with 87 wins. So you don't really see that very often. Yeah, not like it, they crushed it. Yeah, it's not like they crushed it. Uh, we get this. Caden says, uh, good morning, Chuck and Jamie from Snyder. Okay, well, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. It's nice, to, nice, to, nice to have you with us um, this morning as well. 6.38 this morning here on the morning drive. Take your thoughts and comments in the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Go to doubletea973.com or the mobile app. The Visual Edge IT hotline is open as well uh, today. 
on uh, on the morning drive. So um, you've got uh, the Rangers that are idle today. Uh, so are the Astros because those two teams open a series tomorrow. Uh, Astros are six and seven. Is there not that there anybody's taking the seal off the panic button or anything like that, but. They're not off to the best of starts. Well, they definitely are not off to the best of starts, but I don't know that it's panic time Yeah, for, for Astros fans yet. I think they'll be just fine. Nor is it just like, woo, hey, we're rolling now with the Rangers. They're 7-5. and five. But at least they, were, they, 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 got off, they got launched, right? They got launched. I got to see the walk-off the other night. Oh, Went nice. Went to the game on Tuesday. On Tuesday. Watched the walk-off. Yeah, but that, that was, was a, fun. It was fun. Josh had two hits and two walks and okay. all that good stuff. Did you get to see him or talk to him? Or? I did not. We yeah. didn't get there early. You didn't get to say, hey, didn't Jamie here. No. <laughs> Remember me? We were doing the Raider power chain every time he came to the plate. Oh, nice. So I'm sure uh, <laughs> hopefully he, held us. he heard us. I mean. <laughs> did you have other people joining in or were they? I had some teenage boys involved and they just were looking to be loud. So, okay. <laughs> so at least I put them to good use, right? You did. You put them to good use. Maybe you burned a little fuel, right? Wow. De- working with people just looking to be loud. Fit right in for you there, didn't it, Jamie? Yeah. He's like, I know exactly how to how to deal with you guys. Yeah. You know, just just uh, wind them up and let them go, right? Yeah. Well, that's that's pretty cool. Three-run Jimmy Jack that ended that game. Yep. And were you thinking that when it went when when you're thinking? I was actually disappointed because you remember Josh was the previous batter, and I wanted Josh to win it. Oh, okay. And he got walked. Okay. So yeah. I was a little disappointed. Yeah. They and couldn't then, handle Josh. They had to walk him. Yeah. yeah. And then Jonah Heim came up and hit it a long way. Hit it. Still probably going. Your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Time for this day in sports history. Today is April the 13th, 2023. Luckily not Friday the 13th. It's Thursday the 13th. Here's Jeff McGuire. You know, it's it's as common. Thursday the 13th as opposed to Friday the 13th. Really? Well, yeah, because that's how the 13th works. <laughs> yeah, nobody's questioning whether it's common or not. It's just not as bad luck and scary and eerie. And okay. You ever wonder why we're not scared of Saturday the 14th? I, 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 don't, I don't know. I don't know. These are just questions I have. What? Sure. 1926. Well, because 13's an unlucky number. 14's not. That's why, like, hotels skip the 13th floor. Right. Hey, if I that's said 845, it's 645. I'm sorry. That's why nobody's scared of the Saturday the 14th or Thursday the 12th. It's also Saturday. We're usually not scared on Saturdays. Fair. Proceed. Fair. <laughs> like you've never had fun with dates before no, we get I, started. No, I understand that. I understand that. I mean, has there ever been a scary movie? You know, Saturday the 14th <laughs> no. part eight. <laughs> 1926. Yes. At 38 years old, Walter Johnson pitches his seventh opening day shutout. Wow. Okay. Not just seventh opening day, mm-hmm. seventh opening day shutout. This just in, he was pretty good. He was pretty good, right. 1942, the ninth U.S. Masters took place at Augusta National. Byron Nelson wins the 18-hole playoff by one stroke over runner-up Ben Hogan. 1949 Basketball Association of America Finals. The Minneapolis Lakers beat the Washington Capitals 77-56 to to take the series four games to two. 
the BAA and National Basketball League merge later to create the National Basketball Association. Da, da, da. Nineteen sixty-three. <laughs> Pete Rose triples for his first major league hit. He'd get a bunch more. Really, his first hit was a triple. Mm-hmm. Wow. Which is, I figure, his first hit would be a single. The way he hit most of the mm-hmm. time. That's cool, though. I hope he dove head first into. The he was. Third. He probably had some speed, though. Yeah. Nineteen seventy-two. The very first baseball player strike ends after thirteen days. It would not be the last. 1984, speaking of getting a lot of hits, Pete Rose becomes the first National League player to get 4,000 hits in his career. How about that? His first hit and his 4,000th hit on this day. Mm-hmm. Wow. 1992, the longest two undefeated baseball teams meet. This would be the New York Yankees, who were 5-0, and take on the Toronto Blue Jays, who were 6-0. and Yankees score three in the top of the ninth to win three to two. Mm. And in 2004, Barry Bonds hits his 661st career home run, passing his godfather, Willie Mays, on the Major League Baseball all-time list. It is National Peach Cobbler Day. I'm a big fan. Especially with a little ice cream on top. I had a jelly bean the other day. It was peach flavored, and I nearly spit it. (laughs) (laughs) So count me out on the peach cobbler. Happy birthday. It's not into the peach flavor. Happy birthday to Al Green, who's 77. Hunter Pence is 40. Caroline Ray is 59. Josh Gordon, 32. And Lamar Jackson turns 25 today. Hmm. Only 25? Only 25. Wow, that's crazy. And on so-called Black Monday in 1360, a hailstorm kills an estimated 1,000 English soldiers in France. The storm and the devastation it caused also played a huge part in the 100 years war between England and France. The heavy losses suffered by the English were seen by many as a sign from God. King Edward was convinced to, uh, to negotiate peace with the French, and on May 8th in 1360, they signed a peace treaty marking the end of the first phase of the 100-year war. He agreed to renounce all claims to France. This would be Edward. And uh, he would actually get some land in northern France because, you know, that's how things worked back then. <laughs> Fighting, however, would resume nine years later when the king of France declared that uh, Edward had not honored the treaty. The last phase of the 100-year war did not end until 1453. And that. Is this day in sports history? All right, six fifty this morning on this Thursday, the thirteenth day of April. I'm in, totally intrigued by the Black Monday thing. I mean, so uh, a thousand soldiers killed by hail hailstorm. Yes. I mean, massive storm. I mean, there was nowhere for them to get out of it. Soldiers don't have helmets on. I I don't know the details what's, of the entire storm. What's going on? Here, <laughs> I mean, I let's be honest. What, we what generally happens with the large hailstorm? Tornado. Is, okay. Oh, okay. So I don't know if this was oh. tornado or if it was just the hail. But still, but I mean, pick up one of the dead guys next to you, put him on your back, and protect yourself <laughs> from the hail. Right? I mean, we see it all the time in the movies, right? Yeah. Just climb underneath some dead bodies. Just Where was chill the, for a little while? You know, and what? Where were the locusts too? 
<clears throat> right? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to read up on that one. Okay, so it was uh, Easter Monday. So this was 1360, right, Jeff? 1360, yes. They probably didn't have helmets in 1360. Pro- probably not. Um, probably that not. That was a part of the story that I completely missed. It took on the outskirts, took place on the outskirts of uh, France. Okay. Uh, you know, there's, there's, you can go to your Wikipedia and do all that. I'll get after it. Okay. It, I'll have a book report to you guys tomorrow we? morning. <laughs> okay. <laughs> how how about how about this from the uh, from the from the news? Uh, this took place in the great state of Texas. Um, a woman was found by a fisherman. Have you heard about this? I have not heard okay. about this. Uh, the fisherman stated he was on the south side of Lake O the Pines in southwest Marion County, which is in East Texas near the Texas-Louisiana border. Um, he uh, he saw a, a jeep in the water. As the jeep was being prepared for removal from the water, it was discovered a person was in the vehicle and still moving. What? Yeah. Uh, the Jeep was partially submerged. It had been bobbing in the water about 40 feet from a boat ramp. <clears throat> this woman had been missing since April the 5th. And she was found two days later by a fisherman. How about that? Apparently, there, the, the top of it was open enough that air was coming in uh, that allowed her to survive. She was taken... Uh, to a nearby hospital, her current condition is immediately unknown. How about that? It was they were preparing to take it out the jeep yeah. out. Yeah, they were, they, but they nobody bothered to look and see if there was I, a person inside. I don't, I don't know. I don't know um, when they discovered when the person was inside. Um, this thing was you know forty feet off. Well, this, with the assistance of the wrecker, service fishermen, and Marion County deputies, a female was safely rescued from the submerged jeep and transported to a local hospital. During the incident, it was determined that the merchant was a missing person from Longview. Oh, wow. Wow. How about that? That's pretty wild, isn't it? Yeah. Probably won't go. Lobos gonna... fans are rejoicing. Who fans are rejoicing? Lobos. Why? Because they're the Longview Lobos. Oh, okay. 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 <laughs> I kind of missed, missed, that, missed that connection. The Longview Lobos. Yes. You've probably been to Longview once or twice, right? About a gazillion times. About a gazillion times. So my, my favorite Longview Lobos story is the time that I was going to call a high school basketball game there for Tyler Lee against the Longview Lobos. Okay. And on the way there, I had this wolf slash coyote just commit Harry Carey in front of me. I mean, I'm cruising down the highway at 65 and two lane highway. And he just walks out into the middle and just stops. (laughs) Okay. And just tore up the front and the side of my, my Jeep. And, um, I was able to like pick up the part that knocked off and get it in the back. And, whatever get on to my game luckily the, the, it would still drive and um so uh, th- them being the lobos 
Like every time they do something good at a basketball game, you hear the howling of the wolves. <laughs> I'm like, this is like a sad, sick joke. So I heard that all, all right, night long. killed your Lobo, Lobo fans. <laughs> 6.55 this morning here on the Morning Drive. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. With Jamie Lint and Jeff McGuire, I'm Chuck Hines. Great to have you with us today on the Morning Drive. Okay. We'll have uh, Tech Baseball tomorrow. They'll be in Norman, Oklahoma. Do you have any favorite spots to go to in Norman? Or you just you go to the hotel, the ballpark, ballpark, the hotel, and then come home? Yeah, I don't really go anywhere in <laughs> okay. Norman. I didn't yeah, know but... if you had any favorite haunts or anything like that or spot that... You know, just had to get to, you know, mm-hmm. in your travels. And, and all the years that you and I have been doing the show together, <laughs> all the years that I've been doing tech baseball games, have ever told you that I have a particular haunt? <laughs> no. <laughs> just, you know, you never know what you, you, you don't, if you don't ask questions, you don't really get um, answers. So I just T- thought. TCU has a, um, a, a river with a big long walking trail that I love. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm always excited to go to TC because of that. Mm-hmm. And Kansas State has like um, these rolling hills. Okay. Um, that um, the Flint Hills, yeah. That they they're I don't know somehow they're controlled by Kansas State or whatever that I love hiking in. Okay. Okay. They have the tall grass and whatnot. Yes. Okay. And. Um, yeah, that's, that's about it. That's about it. That's it. Uh, Those Omaha, are my you like, Omaha, you like going on that trail that takes you to Iowa. To Iowa. Yeah, yeah. you like that. You like Walk that. Walk all the way to Iowa. You've not been to the zoo yet in Omaha, but. I have not. But you've been on that, on that trail. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. I mean, there's really no other places that I'm like. <laughs> How about uh, Morgantown? Is there a spot for you in Morgantown? I've hiked a couple different places in West in West Virginia, so I can't okay. really say that I have one particular. Pepsi Man was uh, in Morgantown yesterday. He sent us a picture. He was right outside the ballpark. Oh, cool. Okay. Uh, Shelly says this, Oppo Hendo, dare you to work it into your call this weekend, JL. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, Shelly, I'm going to give it a go. I'll see if I can pull it off. You know, maybe it'd be like this. Uh, Hacks will say, bounding ball to the third baseman. Up, barehanded over to first in time, and you can say, Jamie... Or you could say, Jeff, he went oppo hendo there. Well, he barehanded it with his glove hand? No, no, he barehanded it. He barehanded it and then throws over to first in time. But if it was oppo hendo, it would have to be with the wrong hand to throw. Well, he went oppo hendo because he got it with his, he, he got the bounding ball with his bare hand, not his glove hand. Oh, he fielded oppo. Yeah, yeah. He fielded that oppo hendo and threw it over to first in time. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not enough. No, maybe, maybe not enough. I think it's got to be like um, the shortstop's going to the middle of the diamond. Mm-hmm. He's lunging to he dives. Okay. To try to knock the ball down. When he dives, his glove slips off. He loses his glove. Okay. He loses his glove. He's laying on his side. Mm-hmm. There's a runner coming to second. Okay. He lunges, grabs the ball with his left hand. I'll be looking for this. And just tosses <laughs> it towards. 
Oppo-hando. guy. Yeah, which would have been too difficult for him to reach over with his right hand. Yeah. So he just grabs it with his left hand and slings it across, slings across it. over Oppo. to the over the second baseman who's covering the bag. Boom! It's your typical Oppo-hando. six to four Oppo hando put out. That's going to make everybody want to listen to twenty-seven straight uh, innings. Tw- yeah, twenty-seven straight innings. Yeah, nine times three. Yep. Just making sure my yep. math was correct on that. And Oklahoma is going to bat three times <laughs> in the ninth. I'm just going to bribe the producer to record that and send it to us is really what's going to have to yeah. happen. Yeah. And he went, Oppo Hendo. <clears throat> there we go. Okay. You would think if that play was made, I mean, it would make the highlight. Oh, it would be a, a Sports yeah. Center top 10, you know. Yeah. You'd be. You'd be selling. I mean, Hex would have been yelling and screaming. Sure. I mean, it would have been awesome. Sure. You'd be selling Oppo Hendo t shirts. T shirts. <laughs> they would say, uh, My Oppo Hendo hurts so bad right now. <laughs> okay. Uh, Robert Jennings is back in the fold for the Texas nice. Tech Red Raider ba- basketball team. Nice. Um, his his numbers this past year weren't great, but his measurables are very good, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, his potential, what you what you kind of see there for the for the future, and maybe, and maybe that is immediate future um, as well. Yeah, no, I think that that's a guy that you can project forward, right? I mean, mm-hmm. as, as you expect with freshmen, you don't necessarily expect mm-hmm. all of them to come in and be immediate impact guys. But I think Jennings does have good measurables. I think we saw good things at times from him, and he and I think he's a guy, a big body that you can, you know, that can add some depth to your to your front court this year, and and hopefully he keeps progressing in the right direction. I also love that this story just because it says that Robert Jennings had a couple different opportunities to go to go elsewhere. I mean, I know he narrowed it down to Virginia, and he decided after meeting with the coaches, hey, no, I, I like these guys. I want to be here. I like to hear that. Yeah, right, right. He appeared in 30 games, uh, started four games, averaged just under nine minutes of contest, and averaged just under three points a ball game and uh, 1.9 rebounds. But like you said, all the, everything you just said, I, I uh, completely agree with. Uh, the other thing, and it just – I don't know, Jamie. I'm, I'm, and maybe I'm fixated on this. Um, I'm not – and let me just say this. I'm not concerned about this. I'm just curious and interested in this. Okay, so they brought in the two North Texas guys to be assistant coaches to Grant McCaslin. They brought in the strength and conditioning coach from North Texas to be his strength and conditioning coach. So he's surrounded himself with familiar people that know the drill of what he what he wants, what what he expects, you know, from his basketball team. They that will be easily communicated because. Those those three guys, they know exactly what he's looking for, you know, in terms of just how things are run and types of players, et cetera, et cetera. Still has um, what I would term as an associate head coaching position open because the two assistants were just named as assistant coaches, okay? So, you know, the scuttlebutt is, is that he's had conversation with Barrett Peary, okay, the former tech assistant who was fired after Mark Adams' first year or – Strongly encouraged to move along, little doggy, um, and and then I'm I'm of the opinion now that Ben McCollum is not coming to Lubbock, the the guy from Northwest Missouri State who's won a kajillion ball games and national championships at the Division Two level. It does make you wonder why, if he was going to be here, why why is it <clears> taking so long? 
I mean, I could understand of wanting to clean things up, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I think, I think at this point in time, we're now, you know, almost, uh, what, past a full week of, of him being the head coach. So, you know, that I just, I just, so it makes, it just makes me wonder, are they, are, not that they're having problems trying to find, fill that position. That that's, that's not it at all. It's more along the lines of, um, who is who is the right fit? So yeah, so we're this, this he was introduced uh, on uh, April the third, which was um, this past a week ago, this past Monday. So we're you know ten days in. Um, I don't know, just and and again, I think that position probably is obviously very important to him uh, because that person is either a a lead recruiter or is going to help coach the offense or. You know, was, or maybe it's the big man. Who knows? The other, I, I did, I did wonder the other day if this meant that maybe Al Pinkins was coming back because there's been so much movement with you know Coach Beard hiring a guy that used to coach with him at, at Little Rock with um, um, Coach uh, at uh, Texas hiring an assistant from Austin, even though he had a full staff there in Austin. So it's like, okay, well what happens to one of those guys? Does those one of those guys go somewhere else? So you got a little bit of musical chairs going on with assistant coaches. Yeah. Yeah, and that's expected with mm-hmm. coaching changes. Sure, absolutely. Absolutely. So and and again, the way that these things have been announced, you know, it's just a little bit at a time and I certainly get it. I mean you've got to go through all the the traps, so to speak. And maybe they'll announce somebody today. Maybe. And again, I, I I'm not I'm not concerned about it. I'm not worried about it i don't think there's any indictment here well, I, think I think it's it, just i'm just curious i think there are a lot of red raider fans that are really curious and I, it speaks to the excitement that our fan base has for the uh, for the program mm-hmm. and and what it's become over the last four or five years but um i think people are are really anxious to find out who the the assistant coaches are and i get it i get it and and obviously you're at a time now where with the transfer portal that you know you got to have guys in here uh, that are recruiting these guys and trying to draw them in. So that's a big part of why I think a lot of people are uh, hoping it gets done quickly. And, and and just kind of to add to the kind of the helicopters, you know, Al Pinkin still isn't on the Ole Miss uh, website as an assistant coach. I just, I think, I, again, I don't think their webmaster is like waiting. I don't think he's like lazy or anything. Or I think it's more, okay, do we... Are we are you in? Are you really in? Are you in? Because we're going to yeah, put your name uh, here. And we used to do this for recruiting, and yeah. now we're doing this for assistant coaches. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> okay. And, but when I say we, I say some. Some. I, I am not. Maybe me. The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Jamie's question of the day on Double T 97.3 is presented by Bizarre Solutions. Call them today for a free cybersecurity audit. Okay. Um, you have a question for me and Jeff and uh, our super duper fine listening audience. I do. I do. My question is red, is going to involve Red Raider football today. Okay. And I'm going to go to the wide receiver position. Okay. Listen carefully. I'm trying to. <laughs> it is a three-part oh, question. Okay. All right. I, I hate it when you make it so we have to listen just extremely carefully. Okay. <laughs> okay. Three parts. Okay. I want to know who the leading receiver is for the Red Raiders this upcoming season. Mm-hmm. Catches, 
yards, touchdowns. Well, because it could be three different people. It sure could, or it could be one. Catches, yards, and touchdowns. Do we want to include tight ends or just receivers? That's fine. You can do that. Okay. All right. I, I'm going to say... Don't give Ch- Ch- Chuck the chance to say my, Mason Tharp. No, I'm, I, I knew that's what he was doing. You guys are baiting me. Um, <laughs> you know, but you know when he catches a touchdown, winning touchdown for the Cowboys or somebody to win a Super Bowl, I'm going to be... Yeah, that's right. Touchdown, winning touchdown. <laughs> you know, game-winning touchdown. <laughs> game-winning touchdown. Um... Okay. He's been doing it for 22 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's been doing it for 22 years. That's, exa- that's, ex- that's exactly right. Okay. I think from a wide receiver standpoint, uh, Duran Bradley seems to me is a guy that's going to catch a lot of balls. So I'll say he's he catches your most balls. Um, I think Miles Price catches the most touchdowns. And... I was trying to get Fungi in there. And I think Price catches the most touchdowns, too. Or most, yeah. He has the most yards and most touchdowns, and Duran Bradley has the most catches. And no Dre McRae. No. Jeff? Okay. Uh, I'm going to go McCray for balls. I'm going to go White for touchdowns. Mm. I'm going to go Price for yards. Okay. I think Dre McCray catches the most balls this year. I think Jaron Bradley has the most yardage, and I think Jaron Bradley has your most touchdowns. Okay. Mm -hmm. I think McCray is going to be an immediate impact Guy, I just think uh, as far as Bradley, he's more of a big play down the field receiver, so I don't think he'll get as many catches okay. as, as McCray. Okay. Uh, where do you think Loic Funchy settles in there? I think he settles in the top three in all three categories. Top three in all three categories. Okay. I didn't yep. know if you'd have him two in there. Okay. Um. What about J.J. Sparkman? Because he always seemed to have... He's like the guy that always seems to catch the big ball, right? Or makes a big catch. But not going to make a bunch of them. Um, no, I... I yeah, I don't, I don't think he's as big of an impact as Bradley. Okay. Did you think about putting Mason Tharp in there or Baylor Cup in there, Jeff? If it would have been, it would be in the catches category. Mm-hmm. Um... I mean, I guess I could see them getting a ton of touchdowns if you're in the red zone on a mismatch, but they're they're going to have to step up for me to to put them in this category. They're going to have to show me something before I'm willing to say they can do it. That's just not what their mo has been. It's uh, <clears throat> how about Nehemiah Martinez? Is he a, is he another guy that you know is? Gonna catch a ball here and there for you. Um, I would guess if I was gonna go with Martinez, I'd put him closest to the category of number of catches, <coughs> not yards or touchdowns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see here. 
we get this. Receptions Price, uh, TDs Bradley, Yards Loic Fungi from the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Okay. Um, somebody, so here's, let, let's modify this real quick. If I were to tell you now that only one player is going to lead you in all three, who would you be least surprised did that? Least surprised. Least surprised. Bradley. I mean, he led you, didn't he? I think he led you in all three last year. Uh, he tied for receptions, led in touchdowns and yards. He and Miles Price each had 51. So if you had to pick one, would you pick uh, Dre McCray? For? To lead all three? No, Bradley. You'd pick Bradley. Okay. Pick Bradley. Pick Bradley. He led two of three this past year. Okay. okay. Jeff, He's how about you? getting better. Uh, Bradley would probably be the, the one I would pick from that, but mm-hmm. I could make the argument for, for Price stepping into that role that we think he is capable of um, and expect him to be with regards to preseason expectations two years ago that weren't met. I, I wonder what the uh, impact of, for Price will be of having a Dre McRae on your team. Will that open things up for him just a little bit more? Will that keep teams from double teaming him or, you know, paying more paying more specific attention to him? Well, there's no question that other quality receivers, you know, keeps the defense from being able to focus on one guy. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, <clears throat> if I'm being honest with you, after last season, I don't look at Miles Price as the guy that's getting doubled. I mean, you can disagree with me. No, I, I think you're. I think you're probably. I would you're look right. at Jaron Bradley as being the guy that teams are like, "Hey, we got to slow this guy down." Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody asked about Trey Cleveland. No, he. I think he's. I think he was. His eligibility was over. I thought one one of the guys hit the portal. I can't remember which one it was. I'd have to I'd have to Google. It wasn't Sparkman or Cleveland. I thought one of those two did. Okay, so Spark, Sparkman's still on the team, so it must have been yeah, Cleveland. It must have been okay. Cleveland. Okay, uh, and it wasn't Morton. Was not Baron. Morton. Was not was not Baron Morton. <laughs> somebody somebody asked on the chat line earlier this morning if you were surprised <laughs> uh, Baron Morton hadn't transferred. <laughs> I'm guessing not, right? Uh the. He did not transfer. You were were you surprised that he did not transfer? Um, I wouldn't have been shocked if he hit the portal. I, w- I wouldn't have been at all. Um, I wouldn't say that I'm surprised that he stayed. Just that everything that we had heard that said that I mean this was a dude that wanted to be a Red Raider, and so I guess I assumed he would stay. But I think there's part of me that thought. Um, wouldn't have been shocked, okay. right? I mean, it, it it would have surprised me if he had, not just because of the Red Raider aspect of it, but because we have proven over the last decade, it feels like, that the backup quarterback is literally one play away at yeah. times mm-hmm. um, from being the starter for significant portions of the year. It's not, while there is a starter in name and the person who's going to be getting the majority of the reps we haven't had a healthy quarterback for a full season going back to Pat. Uh, Trey Cleveland went to uh, North Texas, according yeah. to a couple of yeah. textures. So. Yeah, thank you. There you go. Fair trade? Would Cleveland from McCaslin? Oh, <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think we got the upper hand there by a pretty, pretty large margin. I know football's pretty important. 
Hmm? I mean, I'm making joke here. Trey no, Cleveland, supposed to Trey be Cleveland had 22 catches for you. What is what is Grant McCaslin done? Mm, done nothing yet. So, <laughs> I'm gonna wait. <laughs> I'm gonna wait and decide. He probably yeah. tell you he's done nothing yet too. Although he's been, <laughs> I've watched a lot of film. You know, we got Robert Jennings back. Okay, mm-hmm, that's good. Okay. That's, that's that's good. You know, that's and, a good step. You know, um, can you keep everybody else inside the compound, so to speak? You know, can you keep... Who's left that we're worried about? Oh, I think some people will be worried about Pop Isaacs. Based on what is... Some comments, I think, that his dad has made. I think people would be be concerned about that. (laughs) Especially with the North Texas Guard still being out there and naming Tech as one of his places that he might go. So, and that may keep him from coming here, too, if Isaacs is here. Which, I, I think... We kind of know that what Pop Isaacs can do against Big Twelve competition. He's a, you know, he's a, he's a sniper, he's a shooter. Yep, we like him. him to be a scorer too. We and like him to right, get to the rim a make, little bit more as well, and make those baskets, right? Yeah. Your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T ninety seven three, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Good morning, with Jamie Lent and Jeff McGuire. I'm Chuck Hines. Great to have you with us. Hour two of three. You get us until nine o'clock this morning. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? Of course. <laughs> the balloons will come down. Um, at 9, it's uh, end of the bench, and then at high noon today, bottom line, don't do forget the, Tech Talk this afternoon at 3. Do the balloons come down because we've finished or yeah. the, because the, the end of the bench guys are coming in? <laughs> yes. I thought it was a celebration of Woodman and Haxton. Wouldn't it be great if there was confetti at the end of every show? Wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> That'd be no, because no. someone would have to clean up the someone confetti after every yeah, show, right, right? And the way that works would probably be me. And no, <laughs> I don't want to clean up a confetti so you can feel special. Wow, wow. all about Jeff. Wow, all about. I don't even really want to feel special. Okay, Running the confetti for us. <laughs> uh, Texas Tech baseball tomorrow. They'll take on Oklahoma. They'll be in Norman. We'll have the broadcast at 6, balls and strikes at 6.30, then a 4 o'clock uh, first pitch on Saturday, and I think it's 2 on Sunday. Correct. Uh, um, okay, I not not that one game can turn you around, but uh, or one game can make you feel great about yourself, but um, what, what, what can the – like if you were going to split against Stanford, would you – you'd rather win the second game than the first game if – if you knew you were going to split, right? Because obviously if you win the first, you want to win the second. But if you knew you were going to split, is it is it better for the mental health, so to speak, of a team to, to win the second game going into a Big 12 series? I guess so, just because you feel like you have momentum, feel yeah. good about things. Not, not, you, not that you played poorly in the first game, so I don't mm-hmm. think you'd have been devastated by if it had gone the opposite way. I don't, I don't affect, think it affects that much. Okay, okay. Um what what's what do you think the takeaway is for the team from the Stanford series? Um, well, that you can that you can win on the road, and that you can play well on the road. I thought you played pretty well. I mean, there was some, really the first game was decided by too many free passes. Um, you know, three of their six runs that scored reached via free passes, and you had two of them right after the half inning where you would put up the four. So you're looking to keep the momentum and, um, you know, keep 
keep feeling good about things and you immediately you know put two guys on base with free passes and then uh, give up the three run homer and all of a sudden oh nope this is a game you know mm-hmm. and so i thought that was a that was really disappointing but uh, for the most part you played pretty clean um and the second day i just thought your offense uh, unlike the first day or unlike games that we have seen throughout the season where you you have an inning where you put up runs and then it just kind of shuts off. You kept putting pressure on them throughout the day, and that's why you put up 11 runs against a good team. Uh, I thought – all right, I'm going to ask you this question because I, I don't I – don't You're know allowed I, to think. Okay. I thought just looking at numbers that Brandon Beckel's pitching performance was his best of the year. I mean, he's been – which time has Brandon Beckel not been spectacular this year? Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm it's I'm not arguing with you, but he's been amazing. Okay, you know it was you know it's amazing. Um, I was looking at some uh, some numbers yesterday uh, for Tech in the past couple of seasons. I was going back to look at Jamie Hitt's numbers. Hitt was a left-handed pitcher for the Red Raiders. He is now a left-handed pitcher for the Oklahoma Sooners. Mm-hmm. And so we'll get to hit against him this weekend. By the way, his he's now James hit. Oh, okay. He's not Jamie hit anymore. I mean, it was Jamie when you were calling his games. And now he's James hit. Yeah, yeah, was, he's more mature James. But it didn't wasn't lost on me that when I looked at the pitching stats from two seasons ago, you know, had the worst ERA on the Red Raiders, the very worst. Brandon Beckel. Brandon Beckel. <laughs> and now he is. Your best pitcher? Mm. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. yeah. Two years later. Two years later. Two years later, he's your best pitcher. Okay. Um, anyway, I lost track there. Uh, I, I think Beckel's been terrific. He has been really, really good. It doesn't mean he's been perfect every time out, but, I mean, there's nobody that gives me more confidence. So he was he was really good. I thought Free was good for you as well. Um, and it was great to see those two just kind of – oh, and, 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 and Kyle Robinson – Last couple outings for Kyle have been really good too. So um, those guys just kind of squeezed the life out of Stanford and never gave him a chance to get back in that game. Then from a uh, from a hitting standpoint, um, you know we talked about this a lot yesterday. Hester went three for five and three doubles. Yeah, uh, really good. Really good. Yeah, he's um, been. I mean, everything you everything you could ask for and more in the leadoff position on base percentage still over 500 he's you know he's hitting in the mid three three hundreds whatever um he's he's killing it he's been great he looks like a veteran player mm-hmm. fifth year player okay. that's why i love transfer portal chuck <laughs> <laughs> uh, the first baseman you got in the transfer portal isn't too bad either <clears throat> we get this uh, critique of my baseball questions uh crying emoji which game was better to win? Ask him about the pitching staff or when Dylan Carter could return. Um, we talked about Dylan Carter. I mean, it's May, right? Still, we're still. We're, I mean, I realize today's the 13th, so we're still two or three weeks away. You think? Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe even more. Yeah, I, I would. I would guess it's. Um, I mean, they said initially six to eight weeks. It's been at least three, maybe more. So I don't know, two three weeks. I would guess. Yeah, I mean, he's. He's out there with the team moving around and um, active and heavily involved and I think being the best team leader he can be and all that good stuff and supportive of his teammates and you love that. Um, but you can tell he's 
anxious to be out there. Yeah, I'm sure, and I'm sure others are anxious for him to be out there too. Maybe maybe not everybody. Sure. Maybe maybe not everybody, but I mean, you know, certainly, you know, probably the coaching staff and stuff like that. But you know, mm-hmm. the guy that's playing center field now would probably be like, eh, I think I've done a pretty good job. I mean, Harrelson had uh, a couple Gage, of hits the other night. Gage is doing a terrific job at the plate. He's not Dylan Carter in the field. And mm. and in fairness to Gage, first off, he's a freshman. And I would venture to tell you, and, and I don't think I'm going too far out on this limb, defensively, Dylan Carter is probably a top five center fielder in the country defensively. And now offensively, he was terrific this year too, but – you know, we know all know he had had his struggles in previous years, but he was off to a great start this year before before the injury. But Dylan's defense, I mean, he's got a cannon for an arm and just great instincts. And, um, you know, he's he's going to learn, I would guess, if he's going to keep playing baseball, that he's got to protect his body a little bit more so maybe we don't <coughs> dive after every single ball, especially yeah. when there's a wall coming. Okay. Okay. You can't yeah. win against the wall, right? Uh, you you don't win that one very often. Can can he be a can he be a next level guy? Um, uh, maybe, yeah. I mean, if he continues his offensive production like it is this year, no mm-hmm. question. But um, you know, defensively, he's elite. He's elite. I mean, you had another one, in in another Dylan spelled differently in, in Noisy a couple years ago too, who was an elite defensive center fielder. Those two have been really, really good for you. Uh, this from uh, D-Rock. Beckel is a stud. Need the starters to catch up. If that happens, we've got a chance to go far. And that's where it is to me right now. I, I mean, you know, I, I thought, you know, I'm, I'm excited about Trendon Parrish. It feels like he's progressing in the right direction. Um, and just right now, yeah, you got to get Brandon Gurton going. And and he was a guy, again, that much was expected of him coming into the season. And I would tell you up to this point, he has he has not hit those expectations. And it's it's him. I mean, because you got to, you know, Molina's been really good for you. So uh, we'll, we'll see if they can get that turned around tomorrow night. This has been the Morning Drive podcast presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Check out our library of Double T 97.3 podcasts at Double T 97.3.com.